Welcome to Compass with Helady Michelia. Finding direction for your life. Greetings of grace. I'm Helady Michelia. I want to thank God for the opportunity that we have to bring the word of God to us today. I want to welcome you to this time of worship with God. I trust God that God is going to speak to you. Let us pray. Father, we thank you. We thank you for the opportunity to sit and meet with you. You are our pastor. You are the one that knows where things are happening in our lives. It is your word that soothes, that consoles. It is your word that encourages us. I ask in the name of Jesus that as your word comes today, it will go to the places of our pain, places of our challenge, and it will do a work in us. We give you all the praise and the glory. At the end of the day, today your name will be glorified. In Jesus' mighty name we pray. Amen. I want to share with you today on the topic, understanding tests, trials, and temptations. Understanding tests, trials, and temptations. On the path of your destiny, you will meet various obstacles. Each obstacle in your life has a part to play in your destiny. Every obstacle, every time you get to that road where you discover as if you can move forward because of either a test, a trial, or a temptation. I want you to understand that they have a role to play in getting you to the place of your destiny. These three things, tests, trials, and temptations, there are about five things I want you to know about them. About five or six things I want you to know about tests, trials, and temptations. In the Bible, the word test, trial, and temptation come from the same root word. In the Bible, the word test, trial, and temptation, they all come from the same root word. Their purposes is what makes them different. Their purposes, the purpose of each of these obstacles or challenge is what makes them different. How we handle any of them, any of these, will eventually define our destinies or how our destinies will turn out. Every man in life will face tests, trials, and temptations. Every human being will face tests, trials, and temptations. Tests, trials, and temptations, they do not discriminate. A single situation in your life can serve as a test, a trial, or a temptation, depending on what the purpose of it is in your life. Tests, trials, and temptations do not respect your age or your experience. No. Tests, trials, and temptations do not respect your age. Every man is tested. Every man is going to be tried. Every man is going to express a temptation in his life. Tests, trials, and temptations do not look at your anointing. If anointing would have been a basis for people not to, be, not to, not to face temptation, Samson would never have been tempted. Samson was so anointed, Samson could break off the gates of a city and walk up a hill with it on his shoulders. He was that anointed. Samson was so anointed, he killed lions for sport. Samson just killed lions for, for as, as a hobby. If anointing was a basis upon which people were not going to be tempted, Samson would not have been tempted. Test trials and temptations do not care about your past record. No matter how successful you have been in the past, no matter how many temptations you have overcome, how many trials you have endured, how many tests you have passed, test trials and temptations are going to keep coming back to your life. The Bible says in, Luke, in the book of Luke chapter 4 verse 13, the Bible says, And when the devil had ended the cycle of temptation, that he brought against Jesus while Jesus was in the wilderness. The Bible says he left him temporarily for an opportune and favorable time. He left him temporarily for an opportune and favorable time. The Message Bible says after he had completed the testing, the devil retreated temporarily, lying in wait for another opportunity. So test trials and temptations are going to keep coming. They're always going to look for an opportunity in your life that they're going to come up to destroy you. Satan will never give up on bringing temptation your way. You will never come to a point in your life that you're not going to be tempted, that you're not going to be tested, that you're not going to be tried. 
Satan knows he cannot face you openly. So the Bible says he employs devices. So the Bible says we are not ignorant of the devices of the enemy. The moment you become ignorant of how Satan operates, you become a victim of tests, trials, and temptations. Great men face great temptations, trials, and tests. In fact, if you want to know something, is that the magnitude, the type, and the frequency of the tests, the trials, and temptations you face are a sign of your potential. Wow. That's a sign of what you carry. Satan doesn't fight people who don't carry nothing. No. Satan is not going to fight people who have nothing that they're carrying. The greater grace you carry, the greater the thing that God wants to use your life for, the more the kind of temptations, the trials, and the tests that you are going to face in life. So the kind of tests and trials that you are facing is a sign of the potential that you carry. If you have the temptation of laziness, it means God wants to use your life for something very productive. If you are struggling with sex and lust, it means that you are a highly anointed person. It means that you are a person of vision. And what Satan is after is that he's after your sight. So when they sent Delilah against Samson, the first thing they did when they got Samson was to pluck his eyes out. So visionary men, men that have great visions, often becomes victims of lust. The kind of temptation you are facing is a sign of the anointing that you carry. If you are struggling with anger, you probably are somebody who is prophetic. And Satan wants to use you against yourself. He wants you to say something or act in a way that God is going to be unhappy with you. And you're going to say something or do something that will have an effect upon the earth, but will take you out of favor with God. So that was what Satan used against Moses, against Samuel, against Elijah, and against Elisha. All these men were prophetic. All of them were prophetic. But Satan came against them through anger. So God said to Moses, speak to the rock. Moses got angry and struck the rock. And God said to him, I said to you to speak to the rock. You got angry, you struck the rock. You are not entering into the land of promise. If you have problems with anger, you may be someone who is prophetic in nature. And you have to be careful with that. God sent Samuel to bring judgment to Saul. And everything seemed to be going all right until Saul held onto the clothes of Samuel. Samuel's Christmas dress. And the Bible says Samuel tried to walk away, the clothes tore. And in anger, Samuel looked at Saul and said to him, just like you tore this cloth, God has torn the kingdom out of your hand. And that was it. Anger. Elijah was a man of anger. I mean, if you look at what Elijah did at the, at the Mount of Carmel, you would really clap for him and think that he did really well. Elijah killed combined 450 prophets of Baal out of anger. It wasn't God that told him to kill them. It was he that chose to kill them. Elisha. I mean, before we go to Elijah, Elijah just stood on the mountain. They sent people to come and call him. He said, if I be a prophet of God, let fire come down and consume you. And he killed 150 soldiers sitting on a rock, just out of anger. Elijah was coming out. Some small boys looked at him and said, oh, you bald-headed man. Out of anger, he said, if I be a prophet of God, let a bear come out of the forest and consume you. And a bear came out and killed all of them. Anger. There are a lot of things that people do that when you read, it looks righteous, but it is just a product of anger. And Satan will use that anger in you to destroy your potential and to destroy what God wants to do with you. If you see somebody who has a struggle, who is not faithful, who has no financial integrity, that may be a person that God wants to make a steward in his kingdom, an apostle in the marketplace. The presence of a temptation, test or trial does not mean you are weak. Just because you are facing a test or a temptation or a trial does not mean that you are a weak person. 
often we always think that because we have it, we have a, you know, we have this test, this desires, this struggle. It means we are weak. No. Everybody's got something he's struggling with. Some people, their own is open. Some people, their own is not open. They desire does not mean that you have fallen. It does not mean that you are weak. The presence of a temptation does not mean that you are weak. In fact, it is a pointer to the fact that you are strong. The presence of a temptation does not mean that you are weak. If anything, it means you are strong. It means that you carry something. You need to understand that. You need to understand that. So I want you to get that into your heart. The Bible says in the book of James chapter 1 verse 12, I'm reading from the Amplified. It said, blessed, happy to be envied is the man who is patient under trials and stands up under temptation. For when he has stood the test and been approved, he will receive the victor's crown of life which God has promised to those who love him. He will receive the victor's crown of life to those who God has promised. In the word, like I said, in the Bible, the word used for test, trials, and temptation are all the same, and they are often used interchangeably. In James chapter 1 verse 12, we begin to see what a test is and how God intends for us to handle tests in our lives. So I want to talk to you about how to deal with tests. I want to talk to you about how to handle a trial. And I want to talk to you about how to handle a temptation. There are different things. When you face a test, it's just a process of evaluating your knowledge, your skill, your ability. Most of the tests you will face in life are sent to you by God. Tests are sent by God. Temptations are sent by Satan. The purpose of a test is promotion. Nobody ever gets promoted without facing a test. A test is a small exam. Most of the rules that, are, that go with an examination will normally go with a test. So on the day you're writing your test, you're not expected to open your book. On the day you're writing a test, you know, you're expected to come, you know, be seated and then the person's going to go, all of that. But then a test can just take 15 minutes, can just take 20 minutes or 30 minutes. It's just a short thing, you know, that is used to just evaluate your capacity. When God wants to evaluate your capacity, when God wants to, when God wants to check whether you are ready for a promotion, he sends a test your way. He sends a test your way. Every time you see a test, remember this, never forget this. Every time there's a, a test comes into your life, always remember that God has taught you that thing before. God will never allow you to face a test of something he has not already taught you. So I tell people every time you face a test, check your notebook. The answer to every test is in your notebook. Each test is attached to a lesson that you have already learned. You will never pass a test that you are unwilling to face. You will never pass a test that you are unwilling to face. You will never pass a test that you are unwilling to face. The purpose of a test is a promotion. The purpose of a test is a promotion. So James chapter 1 verse 12 says, For when he has stood the test and been approved, he will receive the victor's crown of life. When he has stood the test and has been approved, he will receive the victor's crown of life. So when you see tests in your life, always remember, is a sign that you're about to come into promotion. So each time you're about to go through a test, heaven is excited. God allows tests to come. God allows tests to come. God tested Abraham. One day God tested Abraham, came to him and said, Abraham, take thy son, thine only son, so that you don't miss it by anyone I'm talking about. I mean Isaac. And go to a mountain that I will show you. And I want you to sacrifice him there. That was a test. That was a test. God brought before Abraham. God wanted to know whether Abraham loved him more than he loved any other thing or any other person. God wanted to test Abraham and see the love that Abraham had for him. 
God tested Abraham. When Abraham went at the point of sacrificing Isaac, God rejected the sacrifice. What God wanted to see was how much love Abraham had for God. And the Bible says, and on that day, God said to Abraham, Abraham, now I know thou lovest me. Now, every time I read that place, I had a problem with that scripture. God met Abraham at the age of 75, called him, told him to leave everything, leave his father's house, leave everything. He left everything, followed God, walked with God for 25 years before he had a son. He had this son at about the time that this event happened. Uh, Isaac was about 16, 17 years old. Abraham was about uh, 117, maybe. He has been working with God for you know, maybe 32, 42 years. And then God is now telling him, now I know. What have I been doing all along? You, do, you didn't know that I love you? God wanted to test the love of Abraham. God wanted to test the love of Abraham. God said to him, now I know that thou lovest me. Now I know that thou lovest me. God sends tests along our way to test how much we love him. How much we are willing to go with him. How much we are willing to give up for him. How much we are willing to put our life, our reputation on the road for him, on the line for him. God will test you. God will allow tests and trials to come to you. Today is the day the Lord has made. You shall rejoice and be glad in it. I will see you at the next broadcast. God bless you. Join Helen E. Michelia at Gateway Christian Center every Thursday by 5 p.m. and Sundays by 9 a.m. for a time of word, worship, and encounter with the Holy Spirit. Gateway Christian Center, experience life.